0: Today is Monday, June 12, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A major update, the arrest of a street preacher. Finally, some good news. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to do all the things. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you We're getting through the news of the Cray each and every weekday at 7 a.m. Joining me now on this Monday, Billy Hallowell. Billy, what's going on? How you doing?
1: Man, I'm excited. I'm excited about the week ahead. We've got a lot of great content coming, which I'm which I'm pumped about.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we have a lot and um, some some exclusive, I I would say, as well from you on uh, Dallas Jenkins. You talked to him uh, about this ongoing controversy that just keeps kind of getting... Muddier for The Chosen, but some things have been cleared up.
1: They have been, and we're going to get into that. Everything from the, the pride flag flap down to questions about whether or not the show is a Christian show. So we, we talked about a lot.
0: Yeah, looking forward to hearing all of the details there. Of the main thing, The Washington Post, they slammed homeschooling as oppressive. Well, Madison Seals dives into that, including a strong response from Robert Knight. So we will... Have that coming up on The Main Thing. First, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Charges have been dropped against Damon Atkins, the street preacher who we spoke with last week on the podcast. He was arrested in less than 60 seconds for basically doing nothing but trying to share the gospel and read a Bible verse across the street from a pride rally in Reading, Pennsylvania, And he's not going to have to appear in court now after those charges have been dropped. The uh, district attorney there in the city of Reading said after a review of the incident, which took place on June 3rd in the 800 block of Washington Street, the DA's office has withdrawn the charges of disorderly conduct filed against Damon Atkins. This was on a Facebook post uh, in an email to the local outlet, the Lancaster Patriot. Uh, Berks Commissioner, uh, County Commissioner Christian Lineback said that based on the review of the evidence and the law, the Burks County DA withdrew the charges. Uh, they said, uh, from what I have seen thus far, we believe this was an unlawful arrest and could open the city of Reading and their police department to legal action. And four Colombian children are found after 40 days in the Amazon. They survived by eating cassava flour. They had six pounds of it, but they eventually ran out of food and decided to look for a place where they could stay alive. The children are 13, 9, 4 and an infant. Plus, CBN's news team shares personal stories about Pat Robertson's life-changing impact. You can read those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. So first, Billy, a couple reactions here. Obviously, great news that the charges have been dropped against Damon Adkins and um, I actually... Went back and forth with him on text, and he said this is what his response was. And after having talked to him, I'm not surprised at this response at all. He said he had just gotten home from street preaching, and he said, Yep, the charges have been dropped. Praise the Lord and glory to God, our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All charges have been dropped. He said he's so thankful and lord willing. Well, then he said to me, Lord willing, hope all is well with you. So kind, kind man there. And um, but great news for him that those charges have been dropped because it seemed pretty obvious to us after watching the video.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of reinforces the worst fears about where things are headed in America. Right. I mean, it's an anecdotal example and we have to be careful with those. But I do think it should cause real pause because people will say these things aren't real. They don't happen. And here's one that we have on camera. What it makes you wonder what has happened that we haven't seen or we don't yeah. know about. I don't know. It's just to me, we've got a lot of work to do as as a church in this country. But I think, you know, just maintaining, making sure that our first amendment rights are protected is is so incredibly important.
0: Yeah, and I think Ben Shapiro had this observation um to this point about well, and people say, Well, look, the the courts are holding it up and everything's great in the court. Well, the problem is it seems like there's this, I don't know, pattern in culture right now and in society where we're constantly having to defend these freedoms that have been enshrined in America for hundreds of years. Why is there this constant, well, it held up in court. Great. Well, I we shouldn't have to be constantly testing basic things in court because people are overreaching their power. Uh, that That is not a comfortable thing. <laughs> To be happening, I am glad the courts are holding up. But, but why is it that all these overreaches keep happening, and we have to end up in court and spend money on lawyers to defend it? Um, that that is the alarming trend there. And so even when it holds up, you know, it's it's not enough to just say, "Well, look, it's holding up." Well, stop pushing it. <laughs> stop sending well, us to yeah. court
1: especially when there's an agenda that people have to silence other people. Right. I mean, yeah. the court, the, it's great that there's a court and it's great that, you know, there have been some victories on that court, but that could change tomorrow based on who's elected and who of those politicians then chooses judges. I, I think all of this is actually very scary. The fact that we, that we can't respect each other enough in this country to respect the views of others. Right. We don't have to yeah. agree with them, but to honor the fact that different people have different views instead People want to cancel people, arrest them, yeah. have them fired from their jobs. That That's an unsustainable well,
0: yeah, way of living. I agree with you 100%. And I'll just add this before we move on to your focus story here, Billy. But the, the response, I think, to Damon Adkins' arrest from the LGBT crowd, to me, was very telling to what one side, how they view it, and how the other side views it. They cheered his arrest. Now, even though they disagreed with him, they should have been alarmed that somebody was just arrested for showing up with a sign and they cheered it. And I think that's what a lot of people on the secular left are all about. Like you said, they're all about canceling, cancel culture, silencing. Get that dissent out of there. They don't seem to care about constitutional rights. Whereas I am happy to let someone's protest and have a different view than I have because that is what people fought and died for in this country so that you could stand up and speak up against your government speak up against somebody that you disagree with peace peacefully you're allowed to do that here in this country and you should never celebrate somebody getting arrested for just speaking their opinion and that to me is an alarming trend and one that I hope starts to go in the opposite direction. But, uh, I want to move over here now to your focus story, Billy, because this is something that has been on a lot of people's radar. It started with, um, a pride flag showing up on the set of the chosen. And, you know, then they talked about that and, but the responses since then have been kind of muddy and causing a lot of confusion in some Christians saying, wait a minute, what is going on here? Well, you had um, some conversations, some back and forth with Dallas Jenkins about this. So, what what is going on here? Let's break all this down. What he said.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, basically just for context, I reached out to Dallas on a personal level with some concerns and questions that I had. And, you know, this ended up developing into us doing an interview. And over the years, I've interviewed him a number of times. But basically, you know, there are a couple of different issues here. The pride flag issue, we could sort of start – there i mean he is he has addressed this repeatedly now through videos and different proclamations and he's still even on sunday night was still addressing it he did a live stream where it came up again um explaining that this was a private crew member on a private space this tiny pride flag and it ended up making its way um into promotional video behind the scenes video that's how people saw it it was mm-hmm. like this little pride flag they're like what is that doing in this promotional video um, but he basically i asked him what he what he thinks is the biggest misconception right now about the show. And he said the biggest misconception among a vocal minority is that they're flying a pride flag on set and have gone woke. And those things are not, right. are not true. Um, this is again, a, a, these are independent contractors who work for the show. And so he, he took us through that and you know, it, it was, it was helpful to hear his perspective on that. But I, I have to be honest with you. I think the bigger issues outside of that have centered around some of the quotes that have come in interviews that another executive producer have given about whether or not this is a Christian show. And so we had a chance to to ask him some of those questions.
0: Yeah. And so what about that claim that the show isn't a, a Christian series? I mean talk about that response there that like that response that they gave that people from The Chosen gave and then what Dallas said about it.
1: Yeah, so so there was a set visit and the Washington Times was among the outlets that were there. We also um, had you know, people on set there as well. This particular quote, it was an executive producer, not Dallas Jenkins, for The Chosen, who told the Washington Times, I'm just going to read the quote quote, we don't consider ourselves a Christian show. We consider ourselves a historical fiction show where Jesus is a character in that show for sure, but also sort of centers around people's experience with him. And so, you know, I asked Dallas, you know, okay, how do you respond when people ask you, is the chosen a Christian series? Because that quote, That quote, I think, that I just read would give people sort of a double take, right? Sure. It Um, it
0: did for me, if I'm being honest. It did for
1: me, too. It was one of the reasons that I reached out to Dallas with with some questions. You know, here's what he said. Dallas said, yes, our our show itself is Christian, obviously, and that it's about Christ, has an evangelical Christian perspective, and is made by me and evangelical. This is Dallas talking. He said, that said, we've made clear from the beginning that many of our cast and crew aren't Christians, and we don't consider our production, in quotes, to be Christian in the sense that we don't identify our team or our set that way. And so he's making a distinction there, right? Yes, it's a Christian show. The production itself, they're not making all of the cast and crew be Christian. But yes, the show is a Christian show with an evangelical Christian perspective, which I thought... Was, that, was a really clear distinction.
0: There. Yeah, and that's an important clarification because when you look at that quote that's provided, especially in the context of, look, we're all, people are on edge right now, uh, particularly Christians, because we're seeing these companies go quote-unquote woke. You're seeing them all try to pander during Pride Month. And so we saw what happened to Bud Light. Now, there are very few places you could go in entertainment right now to escape the, the Pride lgbtq agenda being forced down your throat and so for people to see that flag pop up it may seem like a minor thing like when you're working on the set and you know that you've got to hire crews and there's going to be people with different views uh, we understand that but when it makes its way on there and then the response seems dismissive yes that yeah people are on edge right now and they're not going to be dismissive of that they're going to want to know wait a minute what is going on here and so you I think now they're seeing maybe D- Dallas is now seeing that we need to really be clear on where we stand, and then saying that it's a historical fiction also kind of raised some eyebrows. You know, aside from the one you just explained, which is the the Christian series response. But what did the what did um, was the response about the historical fiction comment?
1: Yes, and one more. Just I want to read one more quick quote. Sure. He said. The chosen production isn't a church or ministry, even though I, of course, have ministry at the heart of what I do. And I thought I just wanted to throw that last piece of that quote in because I I thought that was interesting. But yes, the historical fiction piece that was in that same quote that I read from the other executive producer um, that obviously caused a lot of questions as well. And so I asked Alice about that. You know, how would you how would you frame the show? He said, i would use the term historical drama as it's based on a true story, but is dramatized. He also said, you know, look, we distinguish ourselves from the Bible. We're not the Bible. We're a TV show. And a lot of our content is fiction. So while I didn't like the term historical fiction, this is Dallas speaking, because it can be misinterpreted. I think people can accept what we mean. So he's drawing a distinction there. Yes, there are parts of the show that are not being drawn directly from scripture, right? Where they're creating new narratives around the truth. but..." he he did not use he used the term historical drama did not seem to like the term that the executive producer used which was historical fiction
0: right and again in this highly sensitive for christians being highly skeptical of media to see the term historical fiction now that's immediately going to send the message to some people like well wait a minute i've seen the pride thing now and then i you know saw that it's not a christian series now you're calling it fiction w- what do you guys believe like that yeah these are the messages that were being sent to people i think and received so to hear dallas clarify that is good it's just just poorly phrased uh, and not not exactly what's at the heart of what they're doing there which kind of leads me to the, to this next question billy has the mission on the chosen changed at all from what we saw from dallas and his team early on when they started this
1: yeah, I mean, that's that's the question, right? At the end of the day, all of these things are pointing to all these controversies. A bigger question, is the show departing from its Christian roots, its biblical values? Um, and he said no. I mean, he actually gave a very definitive statement. We've never changed, not in our process or approach, nor in my beliefs or intentions. Nothing has changed. He said, he even talked about season three, which is airing now, obviously, season right. four is in production right now. And he's like, I don't know how you would even look at season three and say, oh yeah, the, you know the message is slipping. It's all about you know, Jesus is making proclamations about what it means to be, you know, a Christian and all of that. So, so no, he doesn't believe at all that there's any shift or change. He's like, look. The more we grow as a show, the more controversy and critique are going to come. And he said he's fine with that. Um, he also said he's. I said all. I've said all along. I'm a flawed, sinful man. So if you're if you've got a spiritual litmus test for our show, it's best to focus on the content over me. And yeah. I thought that. He is, a lot of people struggle with this because Dallas Jenkins is synonymous with the show, right? He has become sort of a a major figure in this. And I I do think when he if he's dismissive or something comes off in a certain way, because it's so intricately tied to the show, that has an impact, right? right? And so he's recognized.
0: You're right, and that's different than how most shows are because the reason this show came to be known was in part because Dallas went out there and put himself out there and crowdfunded this thing, but he was pitching it, right? He was essentially a salesperson for this show. Hey, this is why we want to do these shows. So you're right. It was de- you a lot a lot of people went in on this thing because of Dallas Jenkins. It's not just you late you watch a show, you like it, and you later find out the guy who did it. You actually funded this thing. Because of what this guy said. He said, hey, this is what I want to do. And you believed in him. And so that is a very interesting distinction there because that is different from, from most shows.
1: And and most people, I want, to, I want to highlight this. No matter what people think about The Chosen or any of these controversies, it is very rare for somebody who is running a show. This is the top person at this show to take the time to respond to people like this. Yeah. And that is, I do think that is worth noting uh, because I did feel like some of the initial reactions were dismissive and I did have some very serious questions and issues. And so it, it was nice to be able to hear back. We exchanged a number of emails. This was not just one email. Yeah. Um, and so I, I appreciated that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Definitely good to hear that and, and get clarification on that. So appreciate you, uh, uh, tracking Dallas down, Billy, and getting getting those responses to provide some, some clarity on those muddier, kind of confusing responses that came out in the midst of all the brouhaha. So appreciate that. All right, we're going to go over to the main thing now. And Robert Knight wrote an op-ed in the Washington Times responding to an article in the Washington Post that slammed homeschooling and called it fundamentalist and oppressive. He talked about the growing interest in homeschooling and how it poses a threat to public schools and shows how homeschooling can also be a response to scripture. Madison Seals has the details on today's main thing.
2: One of the fastest growing issues that we often talk about on this podcast is school choice. We've talked about what it is, which is representing the many ways that students can access their K-12 education, and that includes public, private, charter, or homeschooling. But as we'll discuss today, it's not enough to attack school choice. One story in the Washington Post recently attacked homeschooling as a viable option at all, calling it things like binding and fundamentalist. Robert Knight is a columnist for the Washington Times and joins me today to discuss. Robert, thanks for joining me.
3: Oh, well, thanks for having me on, Madison.
2: You wrote an article in response to the one that I just mentioned, and you address kind of the main premise for this hit piece on homeschooling. Can you tell me a little bit about this couple from Loudoun County, Virginia, that inspired the hit piece? Well,
3: there are a couple nice people. In fact, I know people who know them. But uh, they say they had a, a rough upbringing and they didn't like being homeschooled themselves. So they were a perfect choice for the Washington Post to use as an example of why homeschooling you know, is not a good thing. But The upside of all of this, Madison, is that when I saw it on the front page of the Washington Post in all cap letters, the revolt of Christian homeschoolers, that's what tipped me off that, oh, they now see it as a threat, which means homeschooling is growing by leaps and bounds. Post okay. usually doesn't go after something unless it poses a threat. So that means homeschooling is making great strides. So that's the upside of this. The downside is they did a a hit piece focusing on this one couple in Loudoun County who were dissatisfied by their upbringing. And the reporter went beyond that and mischaracterized homeschooling as uh, using loaded language and making homeschoolers seem like they were authoritarian, almost like the Taliban.
2: Right. And you point out an important point in your article that the Washington Post homeschooling hit piece is also an attack on Christianity. The article was titled The Revolt of Christian Homeschoolers. And the author, Mr. Jameson, wrote, quote, Among conservative Christians, homeschooling became a tool for binding children to fundamentalist beliefs they feel were threatened by exposure to other points of view. And that's the end of that quote. He also blames homeschooling Christians for inflaming culture wars. How did you respond to these claims in your article?
3: Yeah, that was the most absurd claim he made that it's somehow Christians' fault that we have a culture war going when the radical left has been at war with uh, traditional values for the last couple decades and has stepped it up in, in measurably in the last two years with the trans movement. People have to realize this isn't just another point of view. This is a false religion trying to impose its values on everybody else. To do so, they want to discredit Christianity and make it seem like it's an oppressive value system and that somehow the rainbow flag is liberating. That That's what this is all about. And the attack on homeschooling is being done because homeschooling is one of the few ways parents can avoid the grip of this uh, incredibly powerful, aggressive cultural force in the government schools. They don't like it one bit that any child can escape this indoctrination and critical race theory and trans education and LGBTQ sex education, you name it. The good news is a lot of parents are picking up on this. They did so during the COVID pandemic when they got to view online Uh, what their children were being taught and didn't like it one bit. And by the way, it's not just Christians. Homeschooling is soaring. Uh, A lot of Jewish families are homeschooling. Some non-believing families are homeschooling just because they think it'll be academically superior. And homeschooling uh, has accelerated to where it's expanded by at least 30% over the last decade. It doubled during the COVID pandemic. I think it settled down a little bit when the schools reopened, but a lot of parents continued homeschooling. They said, hey, we can do this.
2: Yeah, like you said, homeschooling wouldn't be being attacked if it wasn't a threat. It's growing rapidly. And as you talk about, the homeschool hit piece is just another way to push back against school choice by stoking fears about non-public school options. There's also another article in the Washington Post called Parents Know Best Except When They Don't. And I think the problem with this title and the premise is that it's assuming that any one system or influence in a child's life will be flawless or perfect. It's saying parents could either give their kids a great education or completely destroy them. But we could say the same thing about what's happening in some public schools, except it's not just one family of children being influenced. It's a whole classroom or a school system. So even with dissenters, how would you defend homeschooling as a viable option?
3: Well, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, Homeschoolers excel academically, socially, in pretty much every way you can measure. (laughs) They go on to the elite colleges. I know a lot of homeschooling families in Loudoun County, and uh, my gosh, the kids are excelling in their fields. One kid uh, I know uh, scored almost 1,600 on the SATs uh, and has gone on to found his own computer company. which is doing quite well. And he also plays violin in the symphony orchestra. And he was homeschooled. Um, And this is not unusual to see homeschoolers excel. That's what scares the government school establishment, that homeschooling is so successful that it's hard to mischaracterize it as some sort of podunk, in-the-sticks, pathetic attempt by parents to convey their own values. No, it's, it's far bigger and more effective than that.
2: Right yeah it's really the loss of control that the government is afraid of loss of control of students and kids not you know some decline in the education standard or something because that has not like you said been the prevailing issue with homeschooling.
3: Yeah this is all about control the teachers unions control the government schools the teachers unions in turn are controlled by a radical leftist elite. If you look at the leadership at the NEA, the largest teachers union, National Education Association, and the American Federation of Teachers, uh, the people at the top are completely radical. Uh, they're, they're all in on the whole LGBTQ pride agenda. And you figure this is affecting millions of students all over the country. And two places kids can escape are homeschooling and private schooling. Christian schools are also booming. Here in Loudoun County, a large evangelical church, Cornerstone Chapel, has just bought a huge property and is announcing the opening this fall of a Cornerstone Academy. And this is in response to the Loudoun County schools plying children with anti-American history, critical race theory, and sex lessons that are totally inappropriate. Homeschooling is a... Is a viable alternative uh, that the left would love to suppress if they can.
2: I remember the day that the pastor of Cornerstone Chapel, Gary Hamrick, mentioned that they were opening a school and immediately the whole room stood up and clapped and they filled classrooms within a week. They had all their teaching positions filled in a week or two. It was incredible to see the reaction to that. People were so excited and so hungry for an education for their children that they can really get behind and believe in and know that their children are receiving truth and a biblical foundation as well. You know, the
3: Catholic Church figured this out decades ago. They they realized that the public schools were not teaching the values that they held dear. And so... Pretty much every church had a school, and I think the evangelical church has to do the same. It's a good sign that Cornerstone has figured this out and is doing it, but a lot more churches should be hosting schools. What's more important than saving the souls and physical well-being of our children? I ended my article with some Bible verses because the Washington Post implied that the homeschooling family that they profiled were the victims of an oppressive Christian atmosphere, and that parents were dictatorial. The article said, at their Maryland church, the minister exerted a powerful influence over his congregation and students, teaching the children live in divinely ordained subjection to the rule of their parents. You know, I thought, okay, that sounds like the Taliban, and yet, The Bible is very clear. Parents have a duty and a privilege to be the in authority over their children. It's right there in the Ten Commandments and elsewhere. People need reminders, I'm afraid, about very fundamental things that the leftist school administration and the mainstream, so-called mainstream media, would like us to forget.
2: And as much as we don't want to see hit pieces against homeschooling in the news, it's a sign that something is stirring up interest and support for them. So it's good to see that. Robert, thanks again for your reaction and your insight on this. Really appreciate your time.
3: Well, thanks, Madison. Anytime. Thank you for getting the word out.
0: All right, Madison, thanks for that conversation there. Obviously, me being very biased as a homeschooling parent myself, uh, take particular offense to somebody calling homeschooling fundamentalist and oppressive it's, uh, it's frustrating when those sorts of narratives and tropes are trotted out there, but I appreciate Madison uh, tracking it down and, and talking about that uh, some more. But we're going to have time here for one last thing on the podcast. going to take a look at Proverbs 21, 15. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. And I know so often, Billy, that you know we get frustrated at things that we see, like me with the homeschooling thing, et cetera. But um or this street preacher being arrested but when justice is done so we should pursue justice right not try to take the vengeance in our own hands
1: yeah exactly and i think that can be a hard thing to do in the world when there's frustration and when you see examples like we what we covered here with this guy out there preaching but but we have to remember you know love god love others stick to truth and you can't relent when it comes to defending what is right
0: yeah absolutely all right and so we're going to leave it on the podcast and i want to add one other note if you could be praying Please pray for my my friend Wesley, who's five years old. He's struggling with cancer, and he's, um, he is uh, a dear friend of their families, dear friends of ours at our church. And he just needs prayer right now, and um, that's, that's where it's at. So we'd ask for your prayers on that, and Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.